Ladies, gentlemen, Thermians, and fellow Questarians, welcome to the only podcast celebrating the 1999 epic space adventure comedy, A Galaxy Galaxy Quest. Quest. You're listening to By Grabthar's Hammer, What a Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Austin. I'm RJ. And we are three grown-ass men just talking about Galaxy Quest. In today's special Galaxy Side Quest, we're discussing the nominees for the 90th Academy Awards with the help of a special guest, our Oscar correspondent tuning in from San Francisco, Marielle Bayona. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to rock and roll? Oh. Yes. Never oh. give up. Never surrender. By Grabthar's Hammer. What a podcast. And we are back. <laughs> and for those dedicated fans, you will remember our uh, guest, Mariel Biona, from a Two year ago. Two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. That's true. Mariel is our special Hello. guest in last year's Oscar preview, and we are glad to have her back due to popular demand. So many people writing in. Yep. yep. Telling us they want Mariel <laughs> back on the show. She's yeah. here tonight, and we are ready to talk about the Academy Award films. The uh, FaceTime audio. FaceTime audio. That's, that's the, right. Last time uh, we had a little bigger, a little bigger budget for the podcast. Yeah, we, we were, were able, able to fly Mariel in first class. First class. <laughs> Nothing but no spare, no expense. <laughs> yeah. But this year, Mariel couldn't make it because she's in the middle of a very awesome project. Nice Mariel, can you segue. tell us? Yes. Can you tell us a little Ooh. bit? Of, about and we we should say Mariel is a fantastic illustrator and artist and right now she has an amazing exhibition going on. Mariel, can you tell us a little bit about that? I'm currently having an ex- exhibition up at the Mexican Consulate. It's called Tierra de Oro, Golden Land or Golden Soil, and it's up right now until February 16th. So all of our San Francisco listeners, you have until February 16th to check out Mariel's work. If they can't make it out, Mariel, what's a good place to find you online, all of your artwork? You can definitely see the show in my Instagram, which is at Mariel Bayona. Uh, spell it out. M-A-R-I-E-L. A-Y-O-N-A. Or Mario Bayona, if you want to say it in like an English accent. That's great. Um, Thank you for spelling. Out. <laughs> Thank you for spelling out for, <laughs> for two guys from Kansas, one guy from Michigan. Yeah. We could we could use the spelling. Thank you. We will also post that <laughs> post post that on the uh, when we uh, post the podcast. We'll actually yeah, we'll write type it that out. out. We'll you, write it out team for, for all the listeners but out there. <laughs> we are here to talk about another kind of art. Enough today. about you. Let's How talk much about. would you say your show was inspired by the 1999 film Galaxy Quest? Guys, I actually saw Galaxy Quest last night. Whoa! I was so excited that I was going to talk with you guys. <laughs> Your reactions to watching it so, you know, such a fresh viewing last night. Yeah, what did you think of Galaxy Quest? <laughs> what are your thoughts? How was it? What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, it's a fantastic movie, you got to say. You got to yeah. admit it. Yeah, we, such we a know. Great movie. Oh, I'll admit um, it. Oh, I'll, I'm not afraid to admit it. It's a phenomenal <laughs> film. It's funny because you focus on different characters depending on the conversation. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is that this year we actually have a reason to link the two. And we're honestly, when we when we saw this nomination make it on the board, we were ecstatic because we knew that was a genuine reason to have a podcast, to have a podcast episode on Galaxy Quest about the Oscars. And of course, that actor, for all you listeners, if you're not aware of the Oscar nominations, 
ours, our own one and truly Sam Rockwell has been nominated. Regular Sam mental. Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell is going to the Oscars, baby. He's nominated win it for too. best I think actor he's win in it. three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. What did you Wait, think William. of? What did you think of Sam Rockwell in Galaxy Quest? First of all, future Oscar worthy, I would say. Yeah, I, actor in the making. He he showed totally a lot of tell that in the future he was going to be nominated for an actor. Yeah, you, for best supporting actor <laughs> in that film for sure. Yeah, you can see his future for sure. He's so good in Galaxy Quest. I was watching it last night, making lettuce wrap tacos, and he just he you believe him entirely. Like you see Tim Allen playing the captain, and you're like, "Yes, Tim Allen playing a captain." Like. Sam Rockwell wasn't in Galaxy Quest. No, guy but he's was like a completely real. different guy. Yeah. yeah. He like yeah. he really yeah. created yeah. a character for that movie. Yeah. Which he also did recently. <laughs> yeah, dare I say dare I say the role of Guy Fliegman is very similar to his role in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Believe it or not, it's not that far off. No, and there's a there's a connection of the desperation of trying to be somebody, I feel. Oh my God! That's a very articulate point. Always leave it to Marielle to make us sound really dumb because she makes the best connections. (laughs) No, that was a great point. Yes, that's absolutely. He just jazzed to be on the show, man. Uh, Have we all? We've all seen three billboards here, yeah. Yeah, I have seen three billboards. Yes. Oh, I think let's just do a quick spin around the group, and I would like to hear everyone's thoughts on the movie in particular, but also. Kind of Sam Rockwell's performance, considering that this is a Galaxy Quest. For those just tuning in, this is a Galaxy Quest podcast. We're focusing. We're about to spoiler all the Oscar movies. (laughs) Sam Rockwell, a Galaxy Quest breakout (laughs) role, is nominated for Best Actor, Supporting Actor in the controversial Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Alex, I would like you to start start and explain one why it's controversial, and then your thoughts on the movie. Of the Oscar nominees, I had the most. I've seen them all now. And of the Best Picture nominees, I had the most problems with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Coming from the director of In Bruges, I knew that it would be a dark comedy. From what I interpreted from the movie, this is this Irish director's perspective on America in general, on a small scale. Small town. Small town America. Micro level, this is his interpretation of America. And the film itself had this weird juxtaposition of dark comedy with violence and an underlying, it's not even an underlying theme, it was just a, a side plot, a dash of racism that was not adequately dealt with in a time that I think right now we are dealing with a lot of racial discussions and a lot of discussions with gender, and both of those topics were brought up in this movie and not dealt with in a very finessed way. They do kind of bring up a very big issue with Sam Rockwell's character right in the beginning of the movie with his uh, like uh, his accus- the accusations of torturing a black person yeah. yes. essentially. And then by the end of the movie they play off his racism as this like He's been redeemed. you're just kind of dumb but good-natured. Yeah. Like well, we know, just they just laugh it off. And 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 that he had like a bad upbringing. First off, I I didn't know we were getting this deep. Oh, I thought I'm sorry. when I asked you to start us off, I literally thought you were going, like, "Yeah, I thought it was pretty good," you know, like uh, same way. And then to be like, "Next, this is the Dude, hard hitting movie." I love reviews. getting deep into this. Yeah, our Galaxy yeah. Quest we're, fans we're, we'll tune in We'll get to you next, Mariel. But so, so ultimately, three billboards I had the most problems with, and I have, uh, and we can talk a bit, a bit about this as well. It had a lot of buzz earlier, and it still is winning a lot of Critics' Choice Awards for Best Film of the Year. And I'm not entirely sure why. And I've seen it twice now. I just watched it again with Austin, and I'm not sure that I got it. It is the one I'm most surprised people are like, 
sure it's going to win stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it, well, I don't. I think that there were uh, some amazing. All right, I'm just getting a little. Uh, too, I'm getting I was into it. A say, bit. Just, no, go for it, RJ. I, I think there were a what lot were of great performances that were award worthy, but I don't think like it should be up for best picture. I think it was a sloppy movie with some above average performances that make it stand out, but as a film in total doesn't deliver the punch that would put you on this top of the year list. I think the movie was strong, but I I got to be honest, I was absolutely I absolutely loved it just mainly because of the performances and the scripts. Not that I got distracted by that, but it was mostly my main focus on this film. Although I do think that uh, the director sort of took advantage of the things of the issues that are happening right now and he just sort of played around with it but for example sam rockwell's character i do think that it's a huge reality that we deal with i do think that the performances were mind-blowing francis mcdormand she has to take that oscar i think that was a perfect perfect role for her leading all the roles that she's had have been sort of similar but i think that they have been sort of leading up to this role Sam Rockwell, I do think like he also deserves because I compared. I, I don't know why it took me back to Billy the Kid and the Green Mile. Mm-hmm, yeah. In terms of it, has Absolutely. some sort of psycho, uh, psycho, but yet yeah, had these like sort of sweet moments into him that I thought were very successful. So I liked it. It is not my favorite movie of the year, but I think it's probably like in my top seven. I'll just make mine quick because I don't want to. Honestly, I just don't want to keep talking about this movie. I want to talk about. <laughs> so we loved it. I want to talk about Dunkirk. Um, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was one of those. Right when it ended, I was like, okay, yes, good movie. Yeah, I think it was. Do I want to see it again? No. Immediately, I just. It was one of those that it didn't resonate enough with me to think it was rewatchable. Only because, uh, like, I, not to follow on what Alex was saying earlier, but. Being from a small town America, me and Alex were born and raised in a very small town in Kansas, being very close to Missouri, similar setting, similar kind of town landscape, and the setting that they set up in this movie felt very close to home. We've seen that town. Like, we've seen this, like, oh, I you know grew up in those towns and have been there, and I agree that, I don't know if it's the director's fault, the writer's fault, I'm not quite sure where these exaggerated stereotypes came from where every character was like this heightened small town America mindset, I, which I want to cut in on the small town thing. Cause I don't want to forget this, but I feel like watching the movie felt like watching someone who'd only heard of small town exactly. America through cinema yeah, this is throughout guy, the year. Yeah, like exactly. it was a movie, small town. This is a guy who lives in Europe who wrote his interpretation of what he yeah. thinks America and, is. But That's I will say it though, like. it, it didn't necessarily bother me. It was more of a, okay, it was, they're just, they were just ignorant to it, really know. It just felt, they it, just didn't know. As a setting movie, it felt pretty inauthentic. Exactly. Me. But that yeah. being said, I also didn't mind it because it is kind of a commentary of where we are, you know, not to get talk politics, but politically where we are standing at now is because of this, mindset small town america surely that you know this was definitely heightened and exaggerated and very stereotypical but it was kind of an example of oh these are this is a part of america it's very heightened in this movie but this is a real thing 
that mm-hmm. does exist. But that being said, I thought the performances were also amazing. I did like Sam Rockwell. I thought his character took a very hard, quick turn at the end. <laughs> very dark. <laughs> well, but also like I didn't really necessarily buy his his turning point as Where a character. As yeah, I yeah, did. His redemption I was, story was a little weak, but yeah, I very much enjoyed his performance. I enjoyed all the performances. I do think he definitely kept the the in Bruges dark humor was there. It was just a different type of dark humor, but I was laughing a lot throughout the film. Which yeah, I was you know. Happy yeah. to say. Last thing I do, I'm sorry, I got to say something else just in case people are listening and they're like, we completely missed the point of the movie. I do realize that the fact that there was so much violence and racism and sexism in the movie with no accountability, no repercussions for these people, that might have been the director's point. You know, if this is his interpretation of small town America or America in general, that no one is held accountable for their actions, I get that point that maybe he was trying to make, but it just wasn't, yeah. it wasn't done in a way that I believed it. And I just found the movie mean, mean, Ooh. mean, yeah, interesting. Nice. That's a good review word. Mean. I mean, and it changes the whole conversation when it's not an American actor talking about American issues. Yes. It's true. like, yeah. And maybe that's what we need is maybe that's what makes that movie important is that we, it is a movie from an outsider's perspective of like, Hey, this is what the rest of the world thinks and yeah, America, uh, America. and we do, maybe we, it's ugly and it's mean, but maybe shoving that in our face is what we need. Or maybe we are not (laughs) supposed to like three billboards outside of Missouri. We're supposed to think about it. uh, Marielle, let's get off three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And before we talk about all of the Oscar nominees for best picture, what were some of your favorite movies of the past year, 2017? So I would definitely like to start with It Comes at Night. It Ooh. Comes at Night. Correct that was one of the deep yeah. Correct answer. So that I, stuck with you. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I knew, you obviously know it's not going to be like Oscar nominee, nominee worthy, but I think it was one of my favorite movies. I don't think I've ever been disturbingly scared watching movie because it's one thing to be scared but disturbingly scared is another thing so definitely it comes at night my number three will be disaster artists for sure mm-hmm. yeah, which right. i knew that you were looking forward to that one yeah Austin. Oh, that was and, a real uh, fun time yes we were and this is just me being really weird but i really like the killing of a sacred deer i was, didn't actually is, see that yet that is weird that's that that with, is weird. That, I haven't seen it. I can't judge. <laughs> no, I I get it though. That with three billboards to me were two of the darkest, most nihilistic, mean movies of the year. And I I liked Killing the Sacred Deer not as much as the Lobster. No, the Lobster def- definitely tops it off. But it's been I think it's the one that I remember the most. And of course, Logan. I mean, Logan. Come yeah, on. Logan. Also Logan. correct. Congratulations Logan. to Logan being nominated for best, best adapted, adapted screenplay. Screenplay. One of the best. One of the. They're not going to win. That was one win. of my questions. Like, am I right, Logan? I yeah, was really excited. I think it should be nominated for more. Yeah, but we'll uh, settle. Patrick for that. Stewart, best supporting actor. I don't see how he didn't like. At least get a, a, a yeah nod of some kind. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Everyone should be best nominated picture. in that whole <laughs> picture. Just to just to finish off. I mean, of course, like The Shape of Water is like my favorite movie of the year. But okay. I really wish I could include in this list Star Wars, but unfortunately, it did not. 
Like it was on my. It, I think Star Wars is like on my bottom list right now. You didn't like I, Star Wars. I didn't like. I actually hated Star Wars. Will, oh, we're gonna have to do well, another episode about something else. I do. Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. This is a sci-fi, mostly sci-fi geared podcast, but we can save that for an entirely different episode. I will to say okay, this: cool. we don't need to talk about Star Wars, but you should see it for a second time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, no, I, I saw I, it three times, Austin. Three times. Oh, <laughs> dang it. Dang it. All right. Never mind. Right. But did you see it a second time? Yeah, did you like it the second time? Okay. I think you need I think you need to come watch it with it us. You need a teacher. By the third time, I was just like about to kill myself. I really hated oh, it. Oh, fair point. We'll move All on. Right. 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 That's a strong and opinion. And of course, also, my top five is Blade Runner. Absolutely. Oh, okay. nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think we're yeah. in agreement on that. Yeah, I mean, as much yeah. as I would love to really get into the Star Wars debate right now, because I really want to <laughs> hey, talk. Got to move past Star <laughs> Wars, bud. After we get done with this episode, we'll just talk about it. But I think let's real quick, RJ, will you tell us some of your uh, 2017 movies that didn't make the Oscar noms, or maybe did, but just yeah. favorite movies? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I left off most of the Oscar movies so that I could talk about them as we talk about them. Cool. But on my list, some great callouts from Mariel. Hey, when did Train to Busan come out? Was that last year? I think that was oh, 2016. Yeah. Well, that movie's fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> so. we, can't just, we can't just start naming cool yeah. movies, Layover man. from 2016, hey, Train to Busan. When did Dark Knight come out? Hey, have you guys seen Back to the Future? A huge fan of Chain Reaction. <laughs> I'm, I'll, do, I'll be quick. John Wick Chapter 2. I loved uh, it. It was amazing. It was fun. Uh, it was a perfect sequel movie yeah. that kept okay. it fresh. And it was visually just, oh, the last bet. I loved it. Uh, I also had Logan on here because I really liked Logan. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's an easy call out here. The Lost City of Z mm-hmm. with oh, uh, Charlie Hunnam, movie. Robert Pattinson. Ah. I went to the theater on a lark with my girlfriend, and we loved it, loved it, loved it. I just, it was such a well-made yeah. story that I had knew nothing about. Yeah. It was brilliant and some amazing acting in it. No nominations agreed. for that. Agreed, I don't agreed, think it's agreed. I don't think it's on the list at all and I was stunned that it got nothing. Something I was also surprised wasn't noticed by the Academy, The Beguiled. The Sofia Coppola movie. That. Yeah. I didn't oh, see that. I wasn't a fan of that though. I was I, I, was, I enjoyed it quite a bit and it was a weird one. <laughs> okay. It was. I don't, I don't know how to talk about it. You know, it's oh, civil war. It's a house full of girls and Colin I, Farrell. And I it's really hope that's your review. That's your review on the internet. It's just really liked it. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. I loved it. I thought it was cool. It had a great, great Four ending. Stars. It's a slow burn and it's a lot of tension building. But I thought it was pretty cool. The remake of It. Oh, was, that was good. I, was good. I am fun. not a horror movie guy, really. And I thought that was a very well-made film Mm -hmm. that used story and, like, being scared to scare you, not just, like, jump scares like all the ghost movies. And maximize the 80s nostalgia. Oh, dude. And you know what? I know everyone's like, oh, 80s nostalgia, stranger things. Like, you know what? I I dig the fuck out of it. Yeah, Yeah. no doubt about it. Uh, (laughs) Netflix's movie, Okja. 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 I loved Okja. I thought it was the craziest movie I'd seen in a while. Really interesting world building and a movie that has a whole CG character that didn't bother me really once. Mm -hmm. 
which is very strange. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. movie. I thought it was so well made. And it had a message too, man. Yeah, Corporations it did. are bad, man. <laughs> it was tough to eat pork for a while after that. <laughs> My girlfriend still doesn't eat pork after that movie. All right, and then last one. Really? It's a weird one. Uh, Japanese movie, live-action adaptation of Attack on Titan. It was the grossest, most fun I've had watching a movie this year. It was just blood. There's just blood everywhere. If you have never seen this anime... I've seen the anime. I haven't seen the live-action. Uh, it's oh, a nice. town where giant, naked people who are... Skin, like, like skinless men. Dumb and have no genitalia, just walk around and pick up real people. And That's eat like them. our house. Yeah. And they made a live action adaptation, and you can get it. You can buy it on stuff. It's called Attack on Titan. It was a great fun ride, and it's just part one of two. Austin, favorite Thank movies you. of the year? Maybe if there's a little bit of overlap with the Oscar nominations, even though we haven't mentioned them yet. No, well, I think, yeah. No, I'll, well, I'll, you leave out the Oscar movies. We'll get to I'm going to keep my list real brief. That's what I said too, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, <laughs> some of my highlights that I'm also going to mention also Lost, Lost City of Z I thought was a underrated not underrated it got good good reviews fantastic but reviews yeah just I don't think a lot enough people saw it yeah. it was a really really well done no, film and yeah. I'll take uh, Robert Pattinson's re- uh, performance in that which was phenomenal and run it right into a movie Alex I know is going to talk about also Good Times which I had never seen a movie like oh, Good, Good Times before. I still it's, need to see it. It's a, such a unique, weird film, but it's at the same mm-hmm. time, it's not even that weird. It's like an episode of Cops, which is definitely what it was clearly inspired by, but it's unique filmmaking, which I don't know. And beyond that, Robert Patton's performance in that is just awesome. Our Pat's crushing it. I'm just going to list a couple because oh, if, God, if I, I go into movie. each one, I'm gonna. it's going to last too long. Brigsby Bear. Just Brigsby. a quick question about Good Times. This wasn't a low-budget movie, was it? It, it was like a... It was an indie film. It was directed. an indie film, but it had a decent decent budget because they had done a couple other films, The Brothers, which I don't actually know their names. Josh and Benny Safdie. I don't have it pulled up, Safdie but I think Nafty, that's their, yeah. it's the Safdie brothers. And uh, to back up Austin, I actually thought... One of the brothers, the directors, is the other co-lead in Good Time, and I that was my favorite performance yeah, of the Benny. year. Benny yeah. Safdie, that was my hands yeah. down the best wow. performance I saw all year. Uh, Brigsby Bear was one of the most happy films I've seen all year, and it made me feel very good. Mark that, Hamill's in that, isn't he? Mark Hamill's in it. And, I gotta see that. Uh, Kyle Kyle Mooney. Uh, it was one of the, it was like a passion project for them. It's very good. It's a very uplifting movie. Wind River is the opposite of uplifting, <laughs> but I was. Honestly, really, <laughs> really enjoyed the movie, even though I felt really terrible the whole time. But we we watched Wind River with my parents over Christmas break, and my mom already, it's not even a funny running joke, but whenever we're home for the holidays, we watch the grimmest, most dark movies with my family, and my mom hates it. <laughs> One time we went and saw Mystic River on wow. Valentine's Day. My mom <laughs> took us. <laughs> Yeah, and then a, a different Valentine's Day, we went to see The Departed. Jesus. In both movies, I love. They're great movies, but Mom is not a fan. So the latest one with Mom is Wind River, yeah. which has the most oh. intense, violent, climactic scene. Oh, I haven't man. seen it yet. Of all, I saw good. last year. I, I got to follow um, you, you on Letterboxd. Like Jeremy Renner. Oh, and Jeremy that's the thing. Jeremy Renner and uh, the uh, Olsen. Elizabeth uh, Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. She, she's, she was good. I'm always on the fence about her performances, but in this one, I did I did like she her. She was good. I thought yeah. this was, hands down, Jen- Jeremy Renner's best performance I've seen yeah. since The Hurt Locker, probably. Yeah. Uh, all right, real quick. Just yeah. keep them quick. Batman Lego movie. My gosh. Oh, that was this year? That was this year. Yeah, oh, that that's was, on my yeah. list, too. That was really yeah. fun. That really is that the definition of fun. I'll, I'll just leave it there. 
Uh, Logan, which we don't yeah. also that's good. We could have our own episode about Logan. That's we could have our own oh, we podcast will. about Logan. I, I can't, I can't express so much. I love that film. And then last one I'll just mention real quick is a ghost story, which I that to me was the most beautifully shot, and besides Good Times, the second most unique movie I've seen all year was a ghost story. Uh, Damn, dude, I haven't seen half the movies on your list. When <laughs> when a ghost story was released, there was a lot of buzz about it, and a lot of people thought that it would get a little bit of awards recognition at the end of the year. Why don't you think it received anything? I, why, hasn't, why haven't people still been talking about it? I would, you know, I'd hate to think, well, not Does that, it have anything but, to do with Casey Affleck? I was going to say, it could have something to do with the Casey Affleck kind of just being shit, a general shit that's going on. Yeah, exactly. The you know accusations. I don't you allegedly, know. but I will just say that I think Casey Affleck generally is an amazing actor. As much as he probably is a yeah. shithead, he really is a good actor. And in a ghost story, him and uh, is it Mar Rooney in that? Mar Rooney? Yeah, Rooney Mara. Rooney yeah. Mara. <laughs> Why well, I meant you know Rooney with Mara. The, the oh, comma. The You're reading <laughs> it as it first. would appear on a roll call sheet. Well, I just get her confused with Mara Wilson from Matilda. Oh, what? <laughs> Why? No She's not even in stuff. Same uh, name. But, but beyond what the... I thought about Ghost Stories mm-hmm. is like it's mostly a little bit more of an art film. Oh, it's a, like it's, a blockbuster film. Oh, definition of an art film. Yeah. I think what I enjoyed mm-hmm. about it was that like it's it thrives off of every shot literally holding for eight minutes in one shot. Camera's not moving. It's not even a moving shot. It's just a scene that lasts eight minutes, and there's nothing's going on. But the story that it tells, and the it's only like an hour and a half film. It's a short movie, but the story it tells by using that technique of, and every shot looks like an Instagram filter too. <laughs> like it looks very. Yeah, hip. that's what I was gonna say. It and looks it's all very shot in like one to one ratio. It's like a it's a square. It's, it's a square. Saying. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's not widescreen. But it was just, it was definitely an art film, but I really, really loved the story it told because I'm also fascinated Mm -hmm. by the idea of spirituality and the sense of like, what does a ghost do? Like, why is it lingering? And it really goes into the possibilities of why ghosts exist and what they're trying to do before they move on to a possible afterlife. It's awesome. So you're recommending that we watch a ghost story. Yeah, that's the last. I recommend it too. Yeah, that's the only one I'll harp on on the unnominated films. Putting it on my list. Put it on the list. Alex, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll be real short. Austin, actually, I'll do a plug for the other podcast. We were uh, a friend of ours hosted a podcast called the Chalkboard Podcast, and Austin and I were invited to talk about Dunkirk specifically. I listened to that today. It was good. Um, But we'll talk more about that, I guess, when we actually mention the nominees. My favorite film of the year was Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. which is great to see that it has five nominations, all for technical Get stuff. Get those tech awards. Yeah, deservedly so. Just like The Matrix was nominated for all yeah, the technical awards. And yeah. like, Absolutely deservedly so, but I was very bummed to see no just best picture the, the more prestigious awards i suppose yeah. yeah i was it hit a bit a little sadness on that one i thought it would at least get something um austin mentioned it as well i was going to say the biggest snub that i noticed on all of the nominees was for animated feature the lego batman movie was not nominated unbelievable Un- unbelievable boss baby boss, oh, was it nominated? boss baby was nominated but the lego Eat batman shit, was left out boss baby oh it's such a bad movie and to be fair austin and i the first wow well, was that uh, all three of us went and saw lego batman movie and we oh were, yeah we were together we were pretty tuned up <laughs> we, we were had drunk. a couple two drinks and it was us and about 50 families in the movie theater and we were just <laughs> laughing our asses off we were laughing harder than the kids were 
And then Austin, there I, were kids there, there were too. kids. And then Austin <laughs> and I had to rewatch it recently just to make sure it was as good as we thought. And it was. It was yeah. just a fantastic film. That and Disaster Artist, I think, were the two funniest movies I saw yeah. all year, without a doubt. Mm. Yeah. And then the only other movie, and I. Technically, I think it might have been released in 2016, but not in the States until 2017. It was a documentary called Ketty about the oh, cats, Ketty. Ketty, cats yeah. of Istanbul. Oh, oh my God, that's the best. Great movie. Oh, I love, I a, freaking love that documentary. It was so, just a gorgeous, profoundly moving movie. Of, and I, I that's, it made me cry more than for, anything else. I was going to say, for, oh, being, yeah, really for being a documentary that's literally about cats, it, it, it was one of the most... Yeah more emotional films no nah, man it was about life it was that's the thing it really was and i think you know I, I i hope more people see it now that it's out in red i think it's on amazon is it on amazon i saw it in the theater and oh my god it yeah, was amazing it's Same. a really beautiful movie so if austin said a ghost story that he can't recommend enough then i would say caddy would be one that everyone should see specifically and- if you are a cat owner <laughs> oh, i thought you were saying specifically Dude, it, it was so good it made me want to just move to istanbul and cook for cats all day yeah okay enough about the movies that weren't nominated yeah, for anything it, i would like to move on to the 90th annual academy, academy awards. awards taking place on sunday <laughs> march, march 4th, 4th 2018 year of our glob here are the nine nominees for best picture call me by your name dunkirk Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Darkest Hour. Man, you remember when they used to do six or whatever? <laughs> like it was five. five. Man, what there's the heck so was many. Nine. And yeah. due to weird... The, I was it was reading, the Dark Knight rule. It was the it Dark Knight rule. Night. Now it can go up to ten, as many as ten, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Out of the ones you've seen... We'll do a quick round on this one, too. Out of the ones you've seen... Uh, what was your favorite? Like, what, what you know? What What do you think should win, and why? I mean, I'm obviously, I'm act. I mean, obviously, uh, cheering for Guillermo del Toro, Shape of Water, which is, I mean, if you know my work and you know what I'm into, that's right up my alley. And obviously, one of my favorite movies ever was uh, uh, the the uh, the the Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, Pan's oh, yeah. Labyrinth. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Pan's Labyrinth. So The Shape of Water is my number one. Then Dunkirk. Then Get Out. Then Three Billboards. And then Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. Really? You, so okay. you liked yeah. you liked Three Billboards more so than uh, Phantom Thread. Yeah. Alex apparently doesn't agree. I mean, with I, I, <laughs> no, I didn't. I, <laughs> oh, that's an interesting. Interesting. I feel the I, opposite. What I did was said what you said and I just repeated it. I think, I think I had the same reaction with Phantom Thread and Three Billboards. I was just more blown away with the performances with this and production, per se. I mean, obviously, production design and costume were phenomenal. I mean, were uh, phenomenal in Phantom Thread. But I don't know. The story was just like, oh, okay, you... Um, spoiler alert. You like to get your husband <laughs> sick. That's the way you fall in love. Okay. <laughs> Good for you, you know. Like, okay, I mean, I, I sort of walked out of the theater being like, okay, good for you. <laughs> uh, Great, I'm but, glad you guys are happy um, poisoning each other. Yeah, interesting take. But yeah. I don't know, but I mean, obviously, Daniel Day Lewis, I just fell in love with him. I don't think I've ever felt so attracted to Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm right there with he you. He was just like. <laughs> so charming and so handsome yeah, he was. but i think 
that was just like Daniel Day Lewis, and who played his sister? Um, Leslie Manville. Leslie Manville. She was also yeah, she was great. She was fantastic. She, that's the she thing. She was also spectacular. Yeah. I think right now, I just saw Lady Bird last night, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, some amazing performances, but it was also just a very upbeat movie. Mm. Uh, right now, I think in my the lead for me is The Shape of Water. Yeah. It was the most interesting Yay! and well-made mm-hmm. movie I saw this year that just was just storytelling yep. at its yeah. finest. Uh, and I think it, close behind it in no particular order, but like... Uh, Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird were like my top. They're all kind of real close to each other, interchangeable mm-hmm. almost behind. But I think Shape of Water is the leader for me. Yeah. Uh, three board billboards had a lot of great performances. I don't think it deserves Best Picture. And Phantom Thread was amazing. Yeah, everything <laughs> else. You're just going to yeah, so that, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just reading I'm reading the list. <laughs> you know, I love Lamp. Yeah, of the movies that I enjoyed, they were all so different that they're all very on the same level for me. Yeah, I think you. Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> uh, I want The Shape of Water to win. I think oh, that yeah. three billboards might actually win, and I don't agree with that. But I would rather Call Me By Your Name is the kind of breakout star of this year if Shape of Water doesn't win. Yeah. My vote definitely for number one is Dunkirk. Uh, I won't get into detail. If you want detail, you can listen to the listen other to podcast. The chalkboard, uh, we literally talked for an, an hour and a half about, about Dunkirk. Dunkirk and why it should uh, win. Uh, it is a, an amazing movie. I won't go into into necessarily why. But I'll just say that that's definitely my number one. Uh, my I think what the surprise win could and probably will be would be Call Me by Your Name, which that's definitely I think my third or fourth favorite film of the year. I emotionally I, I haven't felt that way during a film in a while and the just the character story it tells and the message that you get by the end of it and it's literally, beautifully and literally shot. a monologue one of the father of the oh, film man. gives this monologue at the end that sums up it, it, it was unique to see in that type of indie film because it literally lays out exactly what they want you to get out of the movie like he lays out the meaning of but not in a heavy-handed way not in a heavy-handed way but he lays out in the sense that as a film viewer, like everything you just witnessed in this hour and 45 movie minute movie, here's kind of what we were thinking, we were, the message we're trying to give. And it's such a beautiful message. And the performance at the end is if you, if you're not crying in that scene, <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was an amazing movie. And that's why I think that's like the one, like that's I, the one I'm rooting for. I, to I win. agree. I think I'm rooting that for that to be kind of the, the you know, the underdog surprise hit, but my, choice would still be Dunkirk. The other movies, though, are all amazing, but I won't go into details. Alex? Well, that's why we're having the podcast. All right, I'll just keep them short. <laughs> is uh, there anything you see on the best picture, and this goes for everyone, is there anything on the best picture list that you see and you're like, that doesn't deserve to to be in consideration for the best picture of 2018? I think... Or if, 2000, well, if I could 17, but 2018. A personal... Uh, standpoint if I could swap out some I would definitely swap out three billboards I would swap out well I was going to say the post but I haven't seen it but I just don't think I'm going to care for it <laughs> I just I was going to say the post I haven't seen it but I just don't yeah. think I, like, it deserves I, to be with those movies I, I, we've been talking I think about I haven't seen it but I could probably even tell you exactly how it is I haven't seen it. well we, so we watched Darkest Hour last night and I also that was the other one that I kept pushing off because I wasn't quite sure if I would just be into it and Gary Oldman is 
unbelievable in it. Like he he got nominated for. Lee I'm not Roll. surprised. It's, yeah, if you can believe that, I, Gary I love good. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. That, oh, absolutely. But I have never seen him act this good in the sense that the first two minutes of the movie, I I looked at it as, oh, that's Gary Oldman in a in fat prosthetic. Suit, yeah, in prosthetic. Like, oh, I see it. The rest of the movie, I never once remembered that that was Gary Oldman. It was insane. His performance is incredible. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's literally two hours of hard dialogue <laughs> in a thick British accent that if, <laughs> if you're not wide awake and have your volume cranked so you can hear the dialogue, you won't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I watched but, the movie and didn't get half of it. But I'm going to put it on after this. It is the <laughs> absolute perfect companion piece to Dunkirk because it's half the movie uh, of Darkest Hour is literally Winston Churchill dealing with Dunkirk. Cool. Um, and it's like, a, it's like it's yeah. like kind of his main struggle in the film. Um, That's pretty so interesting. Th- as a companion piece, it's pretty awesome that those came out the same year. Both are nominated on the on Best Picture because they go very hand in hand. Awesome brings up a fantastic point. What we actually mentioned this last night. What are the odds that at this Academy Awards, two of the Best Picture nominees deal? extensively with Dunkirk, something that <laughs> none crazy. of us have ever heard of before this year. <laughs> I never even heard of it's Dunkirk. It's crazy. And Dunkirk. Darkest, Darkest Hour is just, a, it's a wonderful counterpart to Dunkirk. If you had to compare the two movies, though, or like what's better, uh, well, out of the Best Picture nominees, Dunkirk, to me, was far and away head and shoulders above anything else on the list. It's not my favorite movie of the year. That was Blade Runner 2049. But Dunkirk and what Christopher Nolan, I don't want to, I don't know if it's all right to jump on in a directing category. Yeah, man, I think we can. But what Christopher Nolan is doing, and Austin, you know, talked about this previously on this other podcast, but no working director right now is operating at the scale and the ambition that Christopher oh, Nolan yeah. is. Whether you like it or not, you can't deny that he is big. He's been given the full support of a big old big, blank checks, big old blank check of the the studio support system to make the movies he wants to make. And it's not just like someone being given, you know, unlimited resources to put a bunch of shit on screen. He's making very personal films. He's not Michael Bay. He's not Michael Bay. You're exactly right. No. And along with Blade Runner 2049, no other movie required you to go to a big screen and see a movie on the big screen this year like Dunkirk. Yeah. So to me, it's like it's tough Mm -hmm. to put these films all in a category together. How do you compare them when Dunkirk is... On its own. It's in its own category of like, it's a spectacle that you have to go see and immerse yourself in this brutal, relentless world. And I thought it was incredible. No, and I think the execution of it, though, is just just like amazing. No, almost non-CGI in the film. It was just like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm right. How are we... It's insane. Not a quick side note, but I'm about to do a presentation on CGI for... For our listeners. Austin has a TEDx talk coming <laughs> up yeah, on, on CGI. Uh, CGI and you have so... a TEDx conference? No, Mario, let I me. Got a, I got a TEDx talk with about 18 dudes in a cabin. Once a year, a bunch of our buddies, we all go to a cabin for four days of just kind of getting together, just b- male bonding, but this year we're doing presentations. Yeah. And so, Austin's presentation is on... CGI. The epidemic of overuse of CGI. <laughs> Yeah, we're not even over you. It's just oh. the fact that it exists. Or bad CGI. Yeah. Uh, but one of my... What, what, a is, great, what a great subject. One of my topic points, I only get three minutes, but I've already carved out a whole minute and a half for just Nolan. And I've got, <laughs> a, whole, I've got, a, whole, Nolan. got a whole minute about Dunkirk alone because of the way that 
if there's a CGI moment in that film, tell me where it's yeah. at. Because I could not yeah. at one, any point in that movie think and say to myself, that was CGI. I don't know where it was. Yeah. Because there no. was, like, there was, it, there was probably some use, but it was on such a small scale that, oh man, this wine's getting to my head real quick. CGI <laughs> <laughs> tops are getting to my head. All right, rain it in, right? Rain it in. Tell, right, tell Marielle, what, what red wine are we drinking tonight, guys? Is this a fancy bottle or is this something? Um, tonight we're sponsored by. Uh, <laughs> Casiero del De, Diablo. Del Diablo. This is a Casiero del Diablo. Yeah, this is a red blend. Uh, it was Jeez. on. It was at Target. It was on special for best supporting wine. Best supporting wine. El Diablo. Target. Here was my issue with again talking about like how do you compare these films together? Lady Bird to me was a fine film. But I, I just, I guess I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Have you guys seen the most recent SNL? <laughs> SNL. Uh, I think that's okay. what we're both referencing is the sketch on SNL. Great episode. Watch no, no, no. it. <laughs> Lady, Lady Bird was a fine film, but I, for some, somehow I found myself relating more to Dunkirk than any character in Lady Bird. And there was a uh, just to give is you it a, because you were never a high school. It was female? because I was never a, a female having problems <laughs> that movie with my mom. Is set when we're in high school, and literally <laughs> like, nothing about that high school looked familiar to me. I didn't listen to uh, Dave yeah. Matthews. I hated True. Dave Matthews, so I couldn't bond to in, even that little tiny detail. I couldn't even bond to. Not it. even the Justin Timberlake song "Cry Me a River." I uh, was that. In, yeah, that <laughs> was it. That's right. That's right. That's right. No big deal. Uh, anyway, so it's just funny to see how different films affect different people. So then it always comes back. To what movie? I look at Best Picture. What movie years from now will we look back and be like, "Oh, that was the Best Picture." Yeah. Look back at the Academy Awards for 1998. The Best Picture was Shakespeare in Love. It beat Saving Private oh, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, that's, that's the Who worst. Who talks about Shakespeare in <laughs> yeah. Love? Anymore? I mean, I just watched it like last year, but I, I see your point. If this movie is not going to withstand the test of time, don't Ooh. vote for it. I get, I get, like, if you wanted to choose something that's the most topical right now, I would say Get Out, and I could see that as being the best movie of the year because we'll look back and we're like, oh, that period in time, Get Out was saying something about what was going on. Couldn't agree more. I think that that was an absolutely beautiful, innovative movie. Yeah, so it's like, let's, yeah, I'm fine. Give that the award. But if you want the best picture, it's fucking Dunkirk. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking Dunkirk. I'm getting getting worked up looking at these films right now. I love Guillermo del Toro. But honestly, the shape uh, let me let me sort of i'm just going to comment on this real quick take the him shape down of a peg. water also talks about every reject of society so they're trying mm-hmm. to be included or trying to be like saving each other so similarly like in terms of either if it's racism sexism or some some sort of like being different and these sort of outcast coming together to save this this creature, monster, whatever. I think it Get Out and The Shape of Water, I mean, one of them is really fantastical and maybe a little naive, but both of them and Get Out, of course, is complete opposite, a little bit more dark and a little bit more crude, yeah, if mm-hmm. you will. But uh, I think that both of them go sort of hand in hand in terms of the theme of the message and the concept of both. Uh, so, I mean, I loved Get Out, especially the introduction of the movie. It has a, some sort of classical 
uh, sort of classic film introduction. It, oh, it, it's I'm so, yeah. it's so like it. 80s, late 70s vibe. Like classic scene, horror. I love that opening. Yeah. yeah, I think the Oscars, for the most part, do a good job of when movies win, it is because the movie had a message that's relevant in the time. It's kind of saying something that needs to be said. We're like, you know, last year with Moonlight's a perfect example yeah. of what a small budget movie that beat out La La Land, which is this huge budget, literally the definition of a Hollywood classic film. They had film. nothing that needed to be said. Uh, yeah, La yeah La exactly. Land, but it, it, I love La La Land. Which I enjoy immensely. Yeah. But like Moonlight yeah. had such an important message that needed to be heard and was done so in such a beautiful way. Where like this year, like with Shape of Water uh, and Lady Bird, and but in particular, Call Me by Your Name, which is, Call Me by Your Name, falls I think, is the Moonlight antecedent category. to Moonlight yeah. this year. But in that, in the sense that I also just think, if it wins, I would feel very happy and satisfied because yes, it's, they're both they're all saying things that need to be said, and it's beautiful messages done that, in such a <laughs> masterful yeah, way too, and especially in times like these. <laughs> but I'm sorry, whereas, if you, like, I'm sorry if I got a little worked up. I didn't did. mean to say that way. Any of these movies are gonna. I'm fine if any of these movies win Best Picture. Yeah, Jesus, right, man. Is it Dunkirk or Bust? <laughs> I guess it's what you look at though when Best Picture is peels out. The later, later losers. I'm Dunkirk, Wait, man. What? Who won? Not Dunkirk. I'm out of here. It's like is the, is the Best Picture, and this is the weird thing: is the Best Picture something that says something about the time that we're in? Is it something that? Or is it something that should be voted on because it's timeless and years from now we can look mm-hmm. back and be like that, you know, it still withstands the test of time. Or is it something in between where it's both? I well, don't know. Well, I think finding that middle ground is obviously the ideal where I will say for Shape of Water, which has such a beautiful message, but it's also a period movie. It's, you mm-hmm. know, what is that 50s, 40s for Shape of Water? Or, whatever. <laughs> it's shot in yeah. the kind of Bioshock but I will just say that like Rapture. But it, so within that aesthetic of it's not current dates you know it's not the the 2000s but it has a, such an important message whereas Dunkirk which is a beautiful film period piece but doesn't have necessarily a message of current mm-hmm. issues that need to be talked about where Shape of Water kind of does ride that line of you know the whole story is about things that we definitely still need to be addressing and talking about as society. Yeah, uh, and I guess I could see people voting for a film that's more topical versus Dunkirk, which is thematically it's a little old school. Well, just it's, about it's heroism and the, it's te- technically it's untouchable like as, out of uh, the an list. Award, it's like a yeah. trade show of awards for like these are all tradesmen, and mm-hmm. he's the one who just did this amazing movie. Technically, like he. That is why Dunkirk's on the list. Like, it's such a well-done movie, Mm -hmm. but it's not just a well-done movie. Like, it's a well-done movie in a way that no one makes movies anymore. Yeah. Because it's harder. (laughs) Because it's it's really hard. Because the skill level to pull it off. And it's more expensive. Like we said, he he just gets that that power to do that and money. He's at Spielberg slash Hitchcock Kubrick status where... He's able to get the financing to do the craziest things he wants, and he's able to create movies that have a classic cinema feel because that's what he loves. Mm-hmm. And now he has the money to actually have an IMAX camera on the side of a plane that's flying Man, that's through, crazy. filming a ship cool. in the water. And it's also know? interesting that you have Dunkirk nominated, Christopher Nolan at the top of his game, one of the top directors right now, and 
The Post is also nominated to Steven Spielberg, who I feel like Christopher Nolan is the closest thing we've had to a Steven Spielberg. So, absolutely. Yeah. But you see two very different phases of their careers where Steven Spielberg, The Post was a fine movie, but it was just not exciting. It was yeah. very down the middle, even for Steven Spielberg. I, I love Steven, Steven Spielberg, but The Post was just not an exciting movie. And then you see a younger director, even like, you know, Greta Gerwig and Lady... Everybody was just at the top of their game. Steven Spielberg was not with the post. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> and that's why he's not nominated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess that's true. I didn't even realize he's, he's not, not nominated. So, so down to directing, Marielle, let's talk about what was the best direction of the <laughs> On film. On the category two of eight. Well, we, we don't need to go through everything. We'll just talk about a little bit about the direction. We had Christopher Nolan with Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwing, Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. I literally, I mean, anybody could have uh, this. Yeah. Obviously, it's GDT for me. I don't want to thought of it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I absolutely loved his speech in the Golden Globe. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was amazing. It was really good. I mean, it really it really hit my my everything, my persona, my everything. Absolutely. How he started, like, I've always been, I've always been, he said something, I've always been uh, true to monsters yeah. or something yeah. like that. That just, That's just, like, right up my alley. Yeah. So definitely, Yermo del Toro, and if, if he does win, that will be, like, the second year in a row for Mexico, so it will be, like, a... Oh, that's yeah. That's why I'm just, like, rooting for him. Yeah, yeah. honestly. But, oh, it's sort of really tied up with Nolan with Dunkirk because he was just like exceptional in Dunkirk. I mean, who does that anymore? Yeah, I back that Guillermo yeah. vote. I think Guillermo, Nolan, and the other three are pretty much tied for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all, they're making films better, but like Guillermo and Nolan are doing things differently. Yeah. They're on the top of their game. You know, they're, they're pushing been, the boundaries a bit. They've been in the business for a while. Yeah. That's the thing. I, totally I mean, agree. It's hard to compare them to like Jordan Peele and Greta. They're just yeah. these at the pinnacle of filmmaking right yeah. now. But they're that's their debut movies, and I have no doubt they're going to make something better. Oh, absolutely, and that's yeah. the thing. So it's it's a bit tricky for uh, you know to put Nolan and Del Toro in those in categories with them just because they're crushing their game right now because they've been yeah. doing this for years and have the money behind them as well. I will say, but then Paul Thomas and Anderson. Who you know? And a master director, but master director on a you know hipster scale. <laughs> <laughs> Every hipster loves Paul Thomas Anderson, but I walked away from Fan Thread absolutely blown away. But I definitely don't think it was his finest work. I did no. think it was phenomenal, and I don't. I'm not saying that he's losing his prime. I think his next movie will probably be even better. But I will say, like, you, then you got to take into consideration the fact like Jordan Peele wrote Get Out. So then when yeah. you kind of look at that writing slash directing like Jordan Peele did with Get Greta Out. Greta Gerwig, too. Uh, absolutely. But I well, will Christopher say... Christopher Nolan, too. Well, true. But, you know, telling well, a story based off of historical facts. Yeah, that's true. Is one thing. I think my only thing with Jordan Peele is just like he's sort of new in the industry. So yeah. I would go more into the older people. Absolutely. That sort of deserve For sure. either Christopher Nolan and both... I mean, both Christopher Nolan and Guillermo, they deserve an Oscar. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's the For other sure. thing. I want one of them to win mainly just because it's like, come on, seriously? Like, Academy Awards, have they not won yet? Like, like and Christopher Knowles has never even been nominated for directing, so it's like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, yeah. guys. All right, let's... Come on. Al, what do you got? Directors. Oh, Christopher Nolan. We'll move on to that. <laughs> Al, one. did you like Dunkirk? Yeah, Al, did you see Dunkirk? <laughs> I, 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 I forgot to mention, Mother was my other favorite movie of the year, but I understand. No, no. 
<laughs> you wait. You, so you think it should be in this minutes. company? I understand why it's not, and I can't imagine a scenario in any universe where Mother would have been nominated no, for anything. Definitely would but not have been. that movie. <laughs> That that was one of the that best movies That was my biggest the disappointment of the year. I enjoyed oh watching it, gosh. but I don't ever need to see it again, I think. Oh, it's even better the second time, boys. Oh, Let me tell God. You. All right. No, Actress in a no, leading no, no, role. No, 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 no. Margot Robbie was dope. I'm glad oh, Ronan was, was dope. Frances McDormand was good, but I always wanted a little more. Like, she was so good at what she was doing, but she never did anything different. She was Frances McDormand. Yeah. yeah. That's the, I, I do think it was a perfect role for her. She crushed it, mm-hmm. but, like, she, I needed, like... It did like, feel like she was playing there herself. There was, like, one scene version. missing for me where she just kind of broke down or, like, mm-hmm. show, like really showed mm-hmm. something else other than just gruff. Yeah, the emotional art. Which was really well done, but eh. Sally Hawkins is amazing, and she didn't talk. I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah. She was so good. <laughs> I agree. She, I she did good. sing. That's yeah, right. She said that whole scene was so good. I will say, just my out of all the actor nominations, actor and actress, Gary Oldman, I will say only because in the, like we're talking about with Dunkirk, in classic filmmaking, that's the definition of a, a real person that exists, Gary Oldman, diving into a, a character role that uh, is based off of an actual human that really did exist and absolutely enveloping themselves in that human and becoming that person and nailing it. Yeah. Like the next comparison I would say would be like Daniel day Lewis and Lincoln, where it's someone who's like, has the skill level of an actor to completely become someone else. And out of everyone this year, that's the only one where I felt that was with Gary Oldman. Martin Short and Jiminy Glick. Yeah, that's, <laughs> there were only, there's only a couple times that Gary Oldman looks like Jiminy Glick. In the oh, movie, is there? There's only a couple, like the lighting is just right and the makeup's just not sitting perfectly yeah, that the prosthetic looks yeah, like yeah. Jiminy Glick. Okay, okay. Other than that, fantastic. And uh, to back Austin up, the last time, this might be kind of weird, but the last time that I completely bought a performance like so much so that this person had become someone else was uh, Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The first five minutes of the movie, I was like, what is he do? He's acting. And then like, you just notice that he's, he's being a different person. He's, he's taken on, he's the- taken on a role and I, it was distracting. And then five minutes in the spotlight, you buy that Mark Ruffalo has become this other, this other person entirely. You forget it's, about Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And it's yeah. so rare that you see an act, and yeah. a performance that you're like, I completely believe that this is someone else that you're not used to seeing. Uh, of of the actors, I, I like Margot Robbie a lot, but I thought Sally yeah. Hawkins Sally Hawkins was my favorite performance. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, Gary Oldman as well. I really salute Margot Robbie, especially for her performance stepping out like in her whole image of Harley Quinn. Uh, absolutely. Kind of persona. Yeah. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. Coming That's out. That's the only thing I gotta say. Yeah, I thought I, I was also very, very pleased to see her her acting ability and I tiny. I just expect them to just give Daniel Day Lewis whatever he wants when he's there. But I would love it if Timothy Chalamet won an Oscar. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him if he doesn't screw it up. And I would rather him win later down the road. Yeah. But I did really think he was amazing in comedy. He was really good in Lady Bird too. And then we better talk about it. We won't go too much longer, but we do need to talk about the writing because we didn't get a chance to mention the big sick and Emily Gordon and Kamal and then Johnny are yeah, nominated. I was bummed oh, to not see more sick. of that movie on the list. Did you see the big sick? Yeah. What'd you think of the big I did. sick? Yeah. I thought it was great, especially because it was a true story and the same people sort of feature in that movie. So I thought it was great. I wish it could have been recognized a little bit more. 
Yeah, disappointed that Ray Romano wasn't nominated for anything. I would not be surprised oh, if he was, was on supporting actor. That movie. He was he, so good. He was actually really good. Ray Romano was really good. Holly, was it Holly Hunter? Holly Hunter was. She was good. great too. Man, oh, Ray was a good movie. movie. The <laughs> I don't know if this if I can say this or not. The weakest link was Kumal. I thought is <laughs> yeah. the, the lead actor. <laughs> Well, what do you mean you can't say it? You can say it. I don't. I do. I feel like there's certain things that offend people now if you say it. I I agree. I I love his story and him as a writer and great. And I think as a comedian, he's great. I don't think he's a good actor. And that role, he was good in all the bits where he was supposed to be funny because he is funny. Yeah. But any of the dramatic moments, I was not convinced on him at all. Interesting. I did not. I just don't think he's skilled enough yet to pull off those. Dramatic moments. You guys are great. You keep talking about people and just saying like they might do better in the future. Yeah. You'd never give up on anybody. <laughs> no, just they're not good right now. Never surrender. Never yeah. give up. And on that not note, never surrender. <laughs> on that note, Marielle, do you have any final thoughts on the Academy Awards or any of the films from the past year? Yeah, and I'm just excited that Logan got nominated. Oh, as <laughs> adapted screenplay, rooting for Logan. I think I it deserves just the win. Really happy to see Logan in there. Uh, that's my final comment on the Academy Awards. And I really do hope that Blade Runner 2049 wins at least for production design. Gotta clean up those technical awards. Any final thoughts, guys? I mean, I got lots of thoughts. Well, but, uh, it's one of those like, how many part, how many part episode are we doing? Because well, we could we can I tell could people to stop listening hours, now, but... and then we can just keep on talking. All right, here's la- final thoughts. <laughs> this is bonus. If, uh, if any listeners have not seen all the best picture movies, everyone go around, name the one movie they have to see of the Oscar best picture nominations. Oh, okay. The one movie. Alex. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think I was going to say? All right. Dunkirk. It's it's not three billboards. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say Dunkirk. Okay. I'm going to say Shape of Water. I would say Shape of Water. Fair enough. Tied. We're tied. All right. So we're going to be happy if either one of those get a... Get some recognition at the Academy Awards. Three, if three billboards cleans up, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> well, hey, it's always a pleasure having you on. Honestly, we we pretty much do this every night when we're not recording ourselves. We just talk we about We were at movies. a bar the other night and just talked about Alien Covenant for 30 minutes yeah. and then left. And, and Dark Knight. And we, we made ourselves leave because we just realized, like, we could just do this at what home we for much cheaper, like, rather than <laughs> buying these overpriced beers. For those of you who still might listen to this podcast for actual Galaxy Quest updates, we're waiting for them just like you. The, the fact of the matter is they're working on a TV show. We have no new news. We've been checking the <laughs> checking the dailies looking for some new Galaxy Quest news. Uh, no, the only things there my Google alert coming. are getting are news about Bill and Ted 3 because Dean Parasote uh, is attached as the director, but it's not like happening yet. Well, but they I, keep just saying Galaxy Quest. If Christopher Nolan's not going to direct it, Dean Parasaw is the <laughs> second best option. <laughs> to all of our listeners, make sure you check out Mariel's artwork, and we're going to post a link to that yep. on the old pod feed. So it's check dope. that out and go see her her exhibition that is up until February 16. Mariel, thanks for being a guest. Thank you. Oh, guys, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to end the episode with our. Uh, patented, patented, Galaxy Quest, pending, pending Galaxy Quest haiku, Yay. haiku. Marielle was here. Nominations list is out. No Galaxy Quest. Never, Never give up. up. Never, Never surrender. Never surrender. Never surrender. <laughs>
was great, OJ. Don't forget to buy a Galaxy Quest t-shirt on your way out. Thank you. Woo!